This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the Academy Show here on the Blood Red channel. Guy Clark and Matt Addison here to round up the latest going-ons at Kirby through the age groups. We'll check in on the under-23s, the under-18s, talk UEFA Youth League, FA Youth Cup and also bring you our one to watch. As I say, Matt Addison is here with me and Matt, maybe sort of understatement of the century to say it's been somewhat of a disrupted season this year for the Academy. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, even the back end of last season, it was all cut short and curtailed, wasn't it? This season, it's been a little bit disrupted again in terms of the competition. We're going to come to that very shortly. There's obviously the usual sort of, I think, three-week break over the Christmas period where the youth teams don't play in that period. Anyway, that's obviously happened this year as well. And yeah, it's all been a little bit strange. There's been, you know, lots of games taking place. It's going to be an interesting end to the season. Uh, a couple of competitions still to come. Some, you know, title races to to get through for, for the Liverpool youth teams. But yeah, it's been a, another disrupted season. Another one where it's uh, only a very limited number of people allowed to go and, and watch these games. And it's all very very strange at this moment in time. Yeah, it's. Uh been fairly sort of disrupted and all sorts as well through the age groups. Let's start with the under 23s, talk about sort of how they're getting on. And of course, Gary O'Neill recently moving on and going down to Bournemouth to join up with Jonathan Woodgate down there. Yeah, we might as well start with the the Gary O'Neill thing. I mean, he's obviously only been at Liverpool for six months, very highly thought of at Liverpool. I know Barry Lutus was very disappointed to, to lose him. He was very um, sort of praising of him over the weekend. I know Ian Doyle had spoken to him and you can obviously read those quotes on the Echo website. But he basically talked you know, through how important he'd been, obviously a former Premier League midfielder for you know, for the uh, the academy players and, and the under-23s that he was working with in particular to be able to to get that expertise off him was was probably really, really useful, I think. You know, Gary O'Neill, it, it's too big an opportunity, really, to, to go in and, and be an assistant at a, a team that's pushing for a return to the Premier League to, to go in, obviously, with Jonathan Woodgate and go into a team which you think should be there or thereabouts in terms of, of coming back and, and possibly staying up if they do get promoted. So it was a big opportunity for him. I think he's obviously, you know, used... The, the opportunity at Liverpool to get into coaching, to to get a, a little bit of experience. And, and that's what it was always going to be. I think it's mutually been beneficial, even though it's a, a very short period of time that, that Gary O'Neill's been at Liverpool. I think he's helped Liverpool probably as, as much as, as Liverpool have helped him. Yeah, not too dissimilar, really, when you think about it, to Jonathan Woodgate getting involved in the recruitment side at Liverpool before going on and getting into coaching. Yeah, the two of those now together down at Bournemouth. Let's talk then about results for the under-23s, how they're getting on in their league programme and what are the uh, the latest results been for them like, Matt? Yeah, there's been a few games uh, since the the restart for the the new year, obviously after the Christmas break, as I mentioned there. Currently 8th of 13 uh, in Premier League 2, an odd number this season for for that division. But it's all very, very tight in there. So probably 8th out of 13 doesn't sound particularly brilliant, but they are only nine points off second place. I think that's Blackburn in, in there. and I think they've got a game in hand on them as well. So you can sort of see it's only really sort of six to nine points between the majority of, of that division. So still, you know, plenty of, of opportunity really for, for them to go up and, and improve and, and get a few decent results on the bounce. And, and suddenly you could be, you know, very much there or thereabouts. I think the, the top spot is, is probably out of reach, but 
the rest of the table is is pretty much open to them. And they had a, a very good result last weekend, four 0 win over Arsenal. Jake Kane back in and, and scoring a couple of goals. Ben Woodburn back there as well. I'm sure we'll touch on him in in just a few minutes. But yeah, really really clinical. Again, you can read all about that on the Echo website. But uh, yeah, it seems like a, a pretty uh, a decent result for them. I think that the big thing as well, not just the, the four goals, but the fact that they kept a clean sheet. That's been a real, real issue for the under-23s this season. It was an Arsenal team with a familiar face in, in Reese Nelson, obviously someone who's played at, at senior level, very highly thought of. And for Liverpool to, to sort of keep out that team, keep a clean sheet, Billy Cometio was in there. He's not had the easiest of, of seasons, made a few mistakes, but you know he and, and the rest of, of the back four and, and the goalkeeper as well, they, they kept a clean sheet. They did all of their defensive duties really well and didn't make any errors, which, you know, it's an easy thing to, to sort of say. It's it's an obvious thing to point out, but that hasn't always been the case so far this season. There's been a lot of generally good performances, in particular from from Billy Cometio. We know what he can do. We know what his strengths are. But there's been a few occasions, maybe where he's you know lost a bit of concentration. There was a goal that he conceded against Manchester City where he lost the ball inside his own penalty area. Things like that. You just wanted to see a little bit more consistency. And I think we've seen, certainly in this game, uh, a step up in that regard to be able to, to keep out, you know, uh, a very decent Arsenal team. Arsenal, you know, historically have had very, very good youth teams coming through, lots of good players in there. So, yeah, a 4-0 win. Um, I think that the big story there is the fact that they've kept a clean sheet. Barry Lutus, really, really pleased with Cometio. And he is, of course, still only 18, playing for the under-23s. We know... He's highly thought of by Jurgen Klopp and, and Liverpool, but this, I think, seemed uh, a bit of a, a step forward for him this weekend. Yeah, definitely. It's been a developmental season for him because he was with the first team during the uh, pre-season tour that they had. And uh, yeah, as you say, he was getting rave reviews from Jurgen Klopp, but probably the, the right thing for his development to be with the 23s. Um, a few other decent results and a few players catching the eye as well in recent times for the 23s, Matt. Yeah, there's uh, been, I think, three other games uh, since the, the restart. They drew one each with Everton, which is not the worst result in the world. Everton, again, another of those teams at, at under-23 level that you seem to, to see there or thereabouts at the top of the table each season. So that was a decent result. They then went to, to play Manchester United. That was a home game, actually. And Ahmad Diallo, I think they've just spent a, about 20 or £30 million pounds on, on him. He scored... A couple of goals in that one looks a real, real prospect, as you'd expect. I think they bought him from Atalanta. They've spent a fair bit of money on him. I think he's made his, his first team debut since that, possibly in the Europa League last week. So, yeah, it's uh, a disappointing result in the fact that it was it was 6-3. They conceded, obviously, a lot of goals in that game. But the fact that you're coming up against a player like that and a, a good team in Manchester United means that sort of thing can happen. And I suppose it's the, the sort of inconsistency of it that the game after that, I think it was, they'd gone to, to Chelsea uh, and beaten Chelsea 3-2. Again, another fantastic team at youth level, but Jake Kane with another goal in that one. Tyler Morton, who's someone that you know we've spoken about plenty of times. We've picked him out in the past as being one that could step up and, and start to score goals. He, I think, started this season with the under-18s, very much now an under-23s player. So lots of, of positives there. The two negatives, Marcelo Pitaluga and, and Leighton Clarkson both picking up muscle injuries. I don't think they're going to be out for for too long, hopefully, but certainly missed last weekend's game. And obviously we saw um, Jakob Ozinski was on the, the first team bench over the weekend. I think that probably would have been Marcelo Pitaluga had he been fit. But uh, yeah, a muscle injury keeping him out of that one, unfortunately. 
Yeah, he's been training plenty with the the first team as Marcel Pitolo. You've seen the uh, pictures of him in training over the last few weeks. In in terms then of a, a few of the forward players, Paul Glatzel, someone we've spoken about, unfortunately for for injuries, an awful lot. But he's on the comeback trail, and Ben Woodburn's also back at the club, as you say. He was with Blackpool for the first half of the season with Neil Critchley, but Woodburn now back in and about the the under twenty threes for the remainder of this season. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time, I think, for, for Ben Woodburn. He's obviously, as you say, spent the first half of the season at Blackpool. Didn't really work out for him. I think he tested positive for coronavirus and had to miss a couple of weeks in and around November. I think he only played 11 games for them in the first half of the season. They did have the option to, to keep him for the second half, but Blackpool decided not to. He's come back to, to the under-23s, and I think it's going to be a, a big sort of help for, for the rest of, of those players in that age group. I think he can certainly help them get results and, and teach them a few things. He's obviously been out at, at Oxford United in the past. He's got a lot of, of senior experience, but in terms of, of his Liverpool career, I'd be surprised if he didn't move on in the summer. I think he's 22 now. It's a, a big few months, I think, ahead of, of the summer transfer window. It seems an awfully long time ago that, you know, I think he was 17 just about 17 when he scored against Leeds. It does feel like a long, long time since that. And we know that he's got a, a huge amount of talent. I think he's, you know, quite easily could be a, a championship player if, if the right club comes about for him. But it's always been a case of, of finding a team where he can use his technical skills, use his abilities. I always think of a team like a, a Swansea or someone like that. You think of you know, Rian Brewster did fantastically well when he went down there. I wonder if there's a, a similar sort of move possibly for, for Ben Woodburn. But uh, yeah, certainly I would uh, keep an eye on him for, for the rest of this season. I'm sure he is one that is probably going to be one of the, the standouts in, in the under-23s. You'd certainly hope so with the, the quality that he has. And I think he's pretty much going to be playing every game. Uh, there's a, a couple of injuries in that age group. Paul Glatzel we're going to come to later, as you say, but... Uh, He's back now. He's going to be eased back in, I think, given his injury history. But Jack Byrne is, is now out. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Obviously plays at a similar sort of, of position to Ben Woodburn at times. He's got ankle ligament damage. So, yeah, the, the same ankle that he's had that on before, unfortunately. Some more surgery for him. And he's another one that I think you wonder if, if time is running out at, at Liverpool, but certainly has a, a career elsewhere. I think he's 20 in a couple of months' time. So, it's a crucial sort of time of, of his career. Very unfortunate that he's picked up this injury, but, you know, he is a, he's a talented player and I'm sure, you know, there'll be a, a lot of clubs further down, maybe Championship, maybe League One, but I'm sure there'll be a, a few teams that are taking a, a keen eye on him. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Let's look at the under-18s and uh, a couple of names and players that we've been keeping an eye on. Mateusz Misalowski and also... Uh, McKellum Frauendorf as well. Two players we've been very excited about here on the Academy show and know that they've been involved in some uh, some drama for uh, the Reds recently. Yeah, they certainly have. It was uh, the mini, mini derby, as we call it, over the weekend against Everton at, at under-18s level. And yeah, Frauendorf put Liverpool in front. Some good work, slightly uh, fortunate with a, a deflected shot. A little bit like Roberto Firmino, some good footwork, but then got a bit lucky with that that shot that found the back of the net. But, uh, I don't think he's yeah. got the dubious goals committee to deal with, though, does he? No, no, he doesn't, <laughs> thankfully. Um, that will that will remain his goal. Um, Well-deserved as well. He's, he's one of those that has always sort of, you know, been picked out well as, as, as settling in, obviously signed last summer, different country, 
different sort of circumstances to, to move during the, the pandemic and all of that. But he seems to have, have settled in well. Open the scoring within just a, a few minutes of that game. Liverpool then thought they'd thrown it all away, having been you know fairly dominant and, and fairly comfortable in that game. Everton had a, a bit of a spell late on, managed to, to equalise in the second minute of, of added time, only for then Musialovsky to, to go and score a couple of minutes later and, and they ended up winning that one. So, uh, yeah, a, a really good result and an important result. I know we, we always say it's it's not the most uh, important thing, is it? The, the results, it's always about development. But, uh, yeah, Liverpool very much in a, a title race with both of the, the Manchester clubs at the moment. They've played a couple of games more than both City and United, but all three clubs now on. 36 points, so very, very tight. Um, I think Liverpool play Manchester United next weekend as well, so that could be an important one. Hopefully, I'll be able to, to go down and, and watch that one. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of, of games still to go in that division. Lots of things can happen, and, and Liverpool probably the third favourites out of that, given the number of matches that they've played compared to their rivals. But yeah, certainly a, a three-way battle for the title, I think, for the, re- for the uh, remainder of this season, which... Uh, Certainly something for us to, to keep an eye on. I know we're going to talk more about um, the signings that came in midway through the season. Kai Gordon, of course, one of those. But in that under-18s group, it does seem as though there is a lot of exciting attacking talent now that's been sort of put together. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, Ian Doyle wrote a, a piece over the weekend on Liverpool's transfer plan coming together. And I think that's absolutely spot on. I mean, you, you look at, at the front four that they've got, uh, Max Voltman in there as well, playing sort of a, a false nine uh, position. But then the other three are all players that they've brought in recently. Obviously, Mosulovsky and, and Fraundorf have both come in last summer. Kat Gordon has now been added to that. Still only 16, but has gone straight into the team at under-18s level. Obviously, when you, you come in um, with a, a fee on your back of, of up to three million, you imagine that's going to be the case. But a little bit of pressure on his shoulders. But... It all seems to, to be coming together to, to have that front four, to have the ability for, for each of them to play in a couple of different roles. I spoke to, to Mark Ridge-Wilkinson, their manager, earlier this season, and he was sort of talking of, of Musilovsky being able to, to play effectively in, in all four of those positions. You know, he can play either side, he can play a little bit deeper, he can play through the middle as well. So I think it's a, a good thing to see, and it, it does sort of replicate the first team in that regard as well. You think of, of someone like Sadio Mane, you could imagine him playing in in any of those positions, you can play three out of the four and, and go with the front three, or you can have all four on the pitch at the same time. So, yeah, plenty of, of options for them. Still all very young. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, that none of those three um, new signings are, are 18 yet. Certainly Kai Gordon isn't. Um, so, that you know, that there's still plenty of, of time for them to, to develop in the under-18s and, and then take that step up at some point in the future. So, uh, yeah, I'd imagine all of them will, will finish this season with the under-18s. But, you know, heading into to next season, I think certainly, you know, one or two of those names, probably Fraundorf uh, and Musialovsky, you'd imagine, might start getting a couple of matches for, for the under-23s. And, and even Kai Gordon, to be honest, I mean, even though... He's only 16 at this moment in time. The talent is clearly there. It's just a case of of who's ahead of him and, and who goes on first-team pre-season tours and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting few months, I think, for, for each of them. Before we move on then, theme of the season running, it seems, from first-team through under-23s to under-18s is injury, of course. And, unfortunately, James Balagizi, um Put a picture on on social media during the week, didn't he? Um, in a protective boot, unfortunately. 
Yeah, um, it's it's one of those that I think uh, Liverpool were, were slightly fearful of what was going to happen with that. He was obviously very fearful of it as well, putting out the, the message on social media. He's already been out for a few weeks um, with a, a little bit of an injury on that same ankle. He'd come back, started training, started playing again, uh, but then got a, a little bit of a recurrence. I, I did look into that one and, and Liverpool say they've told me that it's a, a, a good sort of scan result. It's positive. Uh, it shouldn't be too bad. And I know that he has since put out a, a message on, on social media as well to, to say that, you know, he's very relieved that that is the case. I think, you know, it's uh, it, it's one of those things when you're a young player coming through, you need these moments to, to come at the right time. You need to, to avoid injury, obviously, as much as possible. But, you know, when you're trying to, to take that next step, it's just about getting a little bit of luck. And unfortunately for, for Balaghese this season, it's not quite been the case. He's had a couple of little injuries. He's had a couple of things which... You know, are not massively serious, but enough to, to keep you out of it a few weeks. And, you know, a few weeks at any level is is a long time. But certainly at under-18s level, if you can put together four or five performances, show yourself and, and an opportunity presents itself, maybe a, a Leighton Clarkson gets injured or, or Jake Kane's away with the first team. Suddenly, as Tyler Morton has found, you can find yourself in the under-23s very, very quickly. And certainly James has, has got the the ability to do that. He's got the, the quality that he needs, but uh, not quite had the, the look to go with it so far this season. But uh, yeah, it certainly seems like a, a positive thing for, for him. He appears to, to be back. He appears to be okay. Um, we hope that, that that is the case and he can get back playing at the, the top top standard that, that he can do very quickly because yeah, Liverpool have, have got a top player on their hands there, but you do need uh, a little bit of luck on your side as well. Yeah, that aside, the... Uh... Under-18s in fine fettles, Matt said, in a sort of three-way race for the uh, Premier League youth sort of North group title, as it were. They, Manchester City and Manchester United, all tied on 36 points and no less than Manchester United coming up next for the under-18s. Let's dive now, though, Matt, into cup competitions. And let's start with the UEFA Youth League, which unfortunately has um, been scrapped for, for this season. Yeah, the the hope was that they were going to play it similar to what they did the the Champions League actually last season, take everyone to to one place, play it over the course of a couple of weeks. I think was the well, not the original plan. The original plan was to play it normally, but you know, I mean, after that was was impossible. They were then trying to to find other ways of of doing that. Unfortunately, that has has been made impossible. Obviously, the pandemic is is still going on. Traveling between countries is is virtually impossible. I think. It would have been possible for them to do that. Um, it would have been, you know, something that they could have got around. They could have argued the case for it being elite sport and, and so on. But it's just too hard to, to sort of to justify it. Really, it's one of those. It would have been really, really difficult to, to organise and to get everybody in the right place at the right time with all quarantine periods and, and things like that. So it's unfortunate. Liverpool would have have actually been playing against Marseille today. It would have been, you know, a really interesting tie. It would have been. Um, at Liverpool, I think, that one, um, if the, the competition had, had gone the way they wanted it to. But uh, unfortunately, it's it's one of those that has had to, to fall by the wayside. And it's really unfortunate, I think, for, for this group of players. We, we spoke before about the, the unfortunate timing of, of injuries for, for Balaghese, for, for Jack Byrne as well. But this is, is unfortunate as well. I think we've seen, obviously, last season, the standout two players from, from Liverpool's UEFA Youth League campaign were, were Curtis Jones, who's obviously had a, a fantastic season, a, a fantastic weekend as well. And and Harvey Elliott, you could say that the exact same thing, though those two players were, were the standouts, probably not just for Liverpool, but for the whole competition. And 
to take that chance away from one or two of the players who possibly could have followed in their footsteps this season. You think of, of Leighton Clarkson, I know he's injured, but you know, going forward, he could have been a key player. Jake Kane certainly would have been as he was last season. A couple of years ago, even someone like Rafa Camacho, who's obviously left Liverpool since, but did play a couple of times for, for the senior team. It, it's a bit of a, an opportunity, I think, that, that's been robbed of, of one or two of those players this season. And it's a, a big few months for, for a few of that group that would have played and, and to have that taken away from them, I'm sure, is, is a, a pretty a pretty difficult thing for them to take. Yeah, as you say, both Leighton Clarkson and Jake Kane having been involved in, in Champions League matchday squads as well. And I suppose for, for March... And Mark Bridge Wilkinson, it's probably a, a disappointment as well. I know you've recently been looking sort of into the Red Bull clubs and Marco Rosa, who's going off to Borussia Dortmund, had won the competition with RB Salzburg um, a few years ago. But that's the youth league then, Matt. What about the, the FA Youth Cup? Because last I knew this was being scrapped as well. But you tell us that it's back on. It is, yeah. The, the FA, thankfully, have put out a statement and reversed their decision, I'm not sure it was ever 100% scrapped. I think it was uh, not going to be possible as it stood in January, but things have, have since changed. It's going to be back. Uh, it's back from Saturday, 20th of March. So still a little bit of time to, to wait for that to, to come back. But uh, yeah, I think that the sort of state of play in January was that, you know, technically they could have continued. They could have continued to, to plan it, but they decided at, at that time, a little bit similar to, to the youth league, that it just wasn't worth the, the hassle and the effort. But Thankfully, they've they've changed their mind and decided to to bring that back. So, yeah, Liverpool playing Sutton United in the third round, um, slightly easier draw, you might say, compared to what they got last year. As reigning champions, they got Tottenham and were, were then knocked out in in the, the same round of of the competition last season. So, you'd imagine they'd be able to to get through that. And the final being on on May the twenty ninth. But if Liverpool do beat Sutton United, they'll then play Manchester United. Uh, you would imagine they play Salford in their third round tie. So uh, a potential Liverpool-Manchester United game on, on Saturday, April 3rd, certainly one to, to watch out for, I think. Yeah, definitely. I um, don't know if you can hear my, my dog barking in the background. I can't do <laughs> much about that, unfortunately. But the, the Youth Cup has been a, an important competition, obviously down the years for, for Liverpool players, as well as in, in recent times. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, historically, Liverpool hadn't won it for a long time, but then they did win it in uh, in 2019. It was uh, obviously a, a big year. I mean, it, it gave people like Jake Kane and Leighton Clarkson the opportunity to to play regularly, to to sort of put themselves on a stage where you tend you you do tend to to get a bigger audience. I mean, it, the final was was broadcast live in in the UK on, on BT Sport. They had a you know a fair few people going to to watch that. You think of Bobby Duncan, who's won the the. You know, has obviously moved on and come back to, to England now. Um, but he was was one with a, a big reputation. And, and Paul Glatzel, again, it was you know a platform for him to, to captain the side to victory, scored the winning penalty. And all four of those players are, have gone on to, to either play senior football or at the very least get themselves into to Champions League squads and, and things like that. So it's a, a big, big chance to impress. And I think they'll, you know, that as, as we said before, the, the UEFA Youth League, that will be a big disappointment. But the fact that the FA Youth Cup does come back, I think there's a slightly different group of, of players that might play in it. But certainly for them, that will be a, a big boost given what we've seen historically in that competition. Yeah, we spoke about their attacking talents. Hopefully that suits some cup football and they can replicate that success of, of 2019, just two years on. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
before we go, let's talk about the, the new signings and, of course, finish with our, our one to watch. But in the January window, there wasn't a great deal going on at first team level. Of course, Ben Davis and Ozan Kabak did come in on deadline day, but there were a few academy players brought into the club, Matt. How are they getting on? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll start with Liam Hughes, obviously, was on the bench again for, for the first team um, this weekend. Another one of, of those who'd stepped up and signed from, from Celtic. I've not actually seen him in person yet myself. I've not seen him play, but it seems to, to be that, that he's fairly highly rated. I think he's essentially the, the backup option for, for the under-23s. He's come in from Celtic, as I say, at, at the age of, of 19, but he's already made a senior debut in, in Northern Ireland where he grew up. He was only 15 when he made his, his senior debut. So clearly, you know, one of those who's, you know, strong, physical, knows what he's he's going to have to do to get into the senior football. And I think that the fact that he has has come to Liverpool is, as I say, essentially to be back up to Pitaluga at that age group. But, you know, there's there's always sort of three or four goalkeepers coming through and it, it's hard to sort of know with a goalkeeper, I think, particularly at that age. Some, as I say, de- develop physically faster than others. I think Pitaluga, certainly technically with the ball at his feet, seems to be the, the one who's progressed the most. And I think he's still only 17, so he's still got... You know, a long way to develop seems to be the, the one that is most highly rated um, out of, of those four or five at, at this moment in time. So, yeah, Liam Hughes seems to have settled well, obviously took his place, as I say, on the bench for, for the first team. But, uh, yeah, still Pitaluga, even though he's injured at the moment, I think he's the, the one really to, to watch out for moving forward. I think he signed for, for Liverpool last summer. So, yeah, certainly for him, um, it's a, a little bit of extra competition, which is, is never a bad thing. And, yeah, there's, uh, there's always seemingly a, a group of at least two or three goalkeepers coming through. Hughes, Pitaluga, Orzinski, all of them, I think, have got a lot of promise and, and will go on and, and play for, for senior teams, whether that's Liverpool, whether that's somewhere else at some point in the future. It'd be interesting to see. What about Kai Gordon then? No, you did a podcast special ahead of him uh, signing for Liverpool. We will put the uh, link to that if you did miss it and you're into all your academy info. Put the link in the description, whether on YouTube or you're listening as a podcast. But how's he been getting on in the early days, Matt? What's the impression of, of Kai Gordon? Yeah, again, the early impression is that he seems to have settled in really well. I think the fact that he is only 16 and has just gone straight into the under-18s and not just into the group, but straight into that first 11 as well, I think just shows how highly rated and, and how valued valued he is at, at Liverpool. Obviously, there's one or two other clubs who were, were interested. I think Tottenham was, was one of them, Manchester United as well. But Liverpool getting in there first, putting the money on the table for him and, and really showing a statement of intent, I think, to, to put that sort of money down for, for a player of that age. He's obviously you know, hugely, hugely valued. And the fact that he played a couple of times for, for Derby's senior team puts him in good stead. I think he's one that, you know, you, you're really going to watch out for over the next two or three years. And we've seen, you know, Harvey Elliott come in at a similar age and, and push on very quickly. I'm sure the hope is that, you know, he can do something similar. I wouldn't want to put that pressure on him because, you know, Harvey Elliott's had a, a fantastic season for, for Blackburn. But yeah, the early signs are good. Seems to be a, a strong runner, very quick, very direct, which is something you always want to see tended to play on the, the right-hand side so far. He can play through the middle as well. I think more of a, a number 10 if uh, if necessary. But uh, yeah, as we said before, that, that sort of front three, front four for the under-18s can play in a, a few different positions. So, so far, he, he's played on the right-hand side and, and looked very good. But I think uh, there's a, a good chance before the end of the season, we probably see him in a couple of, of different positions for, for the under-18s. Do you think there's a chance as well, having played senior football, as you say, with Derby County, he'll move into the, the 23s this season? Or do you think that'll wait maybe until 
midway through next season or even in the in the off season? It it depends purely on uh, on injuries and and who's available for for the under twenty threes. To be honest, I think uh, there is there's a decent chance that he might get a game probably the last couple of, of matches of the season. But the only thing that, that's stopping me from saying definitely is obviously the under twenty threes are not going to win their league. The under eighteen still very much in with a, a chance. So I think if you know as much as the word is always from the academy, it's it's all about development. I think if there's a, an opportunity to to win a league title, you'd probably try and, and play your strongest team. So if it does go down to the wire in the under-18s Premier League North, then I imagine Kite Gordon probably will stay with them just to, to try and get them over the line in that competition. You know, try and, and win something. You know, Liverpool are already, um, you know, in that that top three. They, they tend to finish, you know, second, third each season. To go one more, I think, you know, wouldn't be the, the worst thing in the world for, for those players. And final new signing then to talk about, Stefan Bejatic. I hope we've got that pronunciation correct. Only 16 came in from Celta Vigo. And last time we did an academy show, we were talking about sort of the, the timing of this deal and the importance of it, obviously, with the, the Brexit regulations coming in. Yeah, so he'd only just uh, signed Liverpool, had to, to rush to, to get the, the transfer deal over the line just before that Brexit deadline. If they'd have done it on the day of the Brexit deadline or, or any time after that, he wouldn't have been able to sign. But thankfully, they, they managed to get that again. They beat Manchester United to, to his signature. Very highly rated player. Um, he's not played for, for the under-18s yet. He's in with the under-16s at, at this moment in time. and He's still sort of settling into life in, in Liverpool, but he has... Uh, been able to to move over. I did wonder um, whether he'd you know even be able to 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 make that move to Liverpool given the pandemic and and the circumstances. But I've checked with the club and they do say that that he is there. He's with the under 16s settling in well. But obviously it's a, a new country, a new style of, of football, and still only very very young. So plenty of time for for him moving forward to to develop. But again, you know before the end of the season, I think there's a, a decent chance that we could see him for for the under 18s at some point and. Obviously, a highly rated central defender. Liverpool can't get enough of those at this moment in time. No, definitely not timely. Timely acquisition indeed. Let's, before we go then, do our one to watch. And a player who has unfortunately had injury nightmare after injury nightmare, but now on the comeback trail, Matt, and we're hoping has a, a big finale to the season, certainly in with the under-23s. Yeah, one to watch is a slightly more obvious name than, than sometimes we, we try and go a, a little bit left field with these names. But I've gone with Paul Glatzel. Uh, I don't think I've, I've ever gone for him before because, I suppose, because he is one of those more obvious names. But the reason that I've gone for him is because, as you say, he's, he's back from injury. He played about 15 minutes over the weekend for, for the under-23s off the bench. Um, and it's a, a big time, I think, for, for his career. He's you know 20 now. He's just turned 20. It's a crucial stage of... Is he going to go on and, and play senior football? I don't think at this stage it's going to be at Liverpool, unfortunately, just because of, of the options ahead of him in that first team. But you know, it's a big few weeks and, and months, I think, before the end of, of the season for him to earn himself a move. And I think that the added bit of interest for me is that Leighton Stewart now has taken the opportunity, as I mentioned before, when you get injuries in the under-23s, somebody from the under-18s has a, a big opportunity. And, and Leighton Stewart seems to have taken it. He took a, a couple of games to, to get off the mark for the under-23s, but he is now scoring, doing exactly what he did for, for the under-18s. I think he's still the under-18s uh, Premier League North top scorer, even though he's not played for them since 2020. So uh, a big, obviously, goal-scoring talent in Leighton Stewart. Similar-ish player to, to Paul Glatzel, both very, very highly rated 
Glatzel's obviously been there and, and done it for two or three seasons. He's a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. He's been the, the captain. He's obviously won the FA Youth Cup as captain. There's a, a lot to, to like about both of those players, but I think the the competition between the two of them could bring out the best in, in each of them. And, and certainly for, for Paul Glatzel, just because of, of how old he is and, and the stage of his career that he's at, I think it, it's really, really crucial that, that he takes that and, and gets himself back on the pitch regularly, first and foremost, and, and scoring goals because he's a, a huge, huge talent. He's one that in that sort of 18-19 season of, of the FA Youth Cup season, everyone was sort of raving about Bobby Duncan, obviously the relationship to, to Steven Gerrard. For me, um, Paul Glatzel was was always the one that you thought would go the furthest and, and would, would go on and, and play for Liverpool because he's not just about the goals. He's got everything. He's got the, the captaincy. He's got better sort of temperament and, and that sort of thing as well. Seems a, a lot more of a, a rounded player. But uh, yeah, been injured since then pretty much. Uh, not had the greatest of luck. But if he can get himself fit, I'm sure there's uh, a move in the summer and you wonder, you know, maybe a championship club, maybe someone like that could come in for him. And I'm sure, you know, he could could do a job and, and go on and, and have a fantastic career. Yeah, hopefully his luck does change because he has trained with the first team a, a number of times and Jurgen Klopp has spoken glowingly himself about Paul Glatzel. Well, that's it from us here on the Academy Show on the Blood Red Channel. Make sure you keep across the Liverpool Echo with Ian Doyle and Matt Addison keeping us informed regularly with what is going on down at the Academy. But from myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison, thanks for your time and your company on this edition of the Academy Show. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.